cliffcentral.com. In, in this particular job you were in, were you clothed, topless, completely nude? How did you dress for this job? Okay, it depended on what kind of a treatment it was. Normally, um, if it's essential, normally it's just topless. You'd be wearing your underwear and then you massage the person. And then if it's a body-to-body, then you have to take everything off. This taught me a lot about life. Hey guys, thanks so much for choosing the Brain and Brand Show. I'm Timothy Maurice. As a behavioral psychology writer and researcher, my goal is to offer you insight into the best science of the brain and how stories, identity, and brands live in our minds. My hope is you leave each episode enriched with a little more about the psychology of influence. Today, I speak to an erotic massage therapist about human behavior. In this special episode, you'll not only peer into a dimension of the brain rarely spoken about, but you may just see signs of hope for a truly happy ending. In this episode, you're going to meet Princess, who gives sensual massages to professionals, but offers a lesson in behavioral science. Princess is her pseudonym to protect her identity. Princess is a friend of my friend, Karen, also not her real name. I got to know Karen several years back after she attended my book signing in Cape Town. Karen owns a mobile nail and skin spa. Over the years, Karen's insight into how people think has fascinated me. Karen told me about her friend Princess, who she met while they both worked in the hospitality industry, but was forced into a survival position of becoming a sensual massage therapist. Karen explained that since her friend has gotten herself back into varsity, using the money she makes giving massages, that she would be perfect for this episode exploring revealed preferences in human psychology. In a moment, Princess will share her story along with what she's learning about the men she treats and the women she works alongside. She shares why she thinks only professional men come to her for treatments and a few lesbians. She also unpacks how race plays a role, how the industry has changed her view of people, and how challenges in the erotic industry inspired her to want to study psychology. I want you to consider what behavioral scientists call your stated preferences versus your revealed preferences. Stated being what you say you want and what you say you do. On the opposite end, revealed preferences are hidden and only come out in human behavior when the conditions are right. Leaders and brands must study how society, social media, and other forces are sucking out our revealed preferences. Meet Princess, who operates in a world of revealed preferences. Enjoy. Hi, Princess. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Tell us a little bit about where you're from. Where were you born and raised? I was born in Zimbabwe, and I came to South Africa when I was 19. And when you were a little girl, what were you like? Were you fun, outgoing? Were you shy? Actually, I was a very quiet person, more of an indoor person. Like, I never used to play outside with other kids. I just liked being by myself, indoors, watching TV, or playing with my toys. <laughs> okay. When you came to South Africa, was it primarily for career opportunities, economic reasons? Yeah, the situation in Zimbabwe was so bad, so I came here to look for greener pastures. And did you start in the therapist space as a sensual massage therapist? No, actually, I started in hospitality industry. And then when the restaurant that I was working 
closed down so I had to look for another job so it was off season for me to look for another job in the hospitality industry so I was just looking for anything so you became a therapist as a result of needing a job in off season period yes so how did you hear about becoming a sensual massage therapist I was on Gumtree just looking for anything just any kind of job so I came across this advert that uh, we're looking for a therapist and um, whether you are qualified or not qualified will give you the training. So I just took the number, then I called the lady. And how long ago was that? Uh, that was in 2015. When you walked into the interview, what did the lady tell you about the actual job? Okay, uh, she just asked me, do you have experience? I told her, no, I don't have experience, but I saw on your ad that experience is not needed since you provide me training. Then uh, we started chatting. Then she was like, don't worry, as long as you're willing to learn, I'll teach you. So that's why it started. She called one of the therapists who, were, who was there, and then she was just started showing me how to do the, the treatment, how to massage, basically, because I had no idea. That was your first time ever given a massage? Yeah, that was my first time ever. So the therapist who came in to to train you, what did she do? She take you to a room? Did she train you on a real person or what was the training like? Okay, so the owner, the lady like the owner of the place, she called one of the therapists so she had to lie on the bed and then she started massaging that lady while I was watching and she was also telling me, try to do what I'm doing. Like, do this, do that. So I actually trained on a therapist, not on a real client. And do you remember your first client? Yes, I remember. And what was that experience like? Okay, so actually it was one of the regulars. So they told me he really doesn't mind, but he really doesn't mind whether you know or you don't know. Just go in there and do like what we told you to do. He'll also guide you because they actually told him that I'm new. So it wasn't such a bad experience at all because he knew that I'm, I'm still new in the industry. It wasn't bad. That's all I can say. And in this particular job you were in, were you clothed, topless, completely nude? What was, how did you dress for this job? Okay, it depended on what kind of a treatment it was. Normally, um, if it's essential, normally it's just topless. You'll be wearing your underwear and then you massage the person. And then if it's a body to body, then you have to take everything off and okay. do the massage completely naked. From that particular first experience, were you completely nude or did you have, were you topless? Okay, the first one I was topless. And this time I was only topless, yeah. When it came to the moment where you had to become intimate, what was that? What did it feel like to you? Did it feel normal? Did it feel strange or did, did it feel like something that it felt like it was part of you? What did it feel like? Yeah, it was strange. It was strange because it was my first time doing that kind of thing. So I was not comfortable, but. Um, the guy made me comfortable because he knew that I'm new in the industry. So, But it was weird at first. I was scared. I didn't know if I should continue doing this or if I should just get out of the treatment room and tell the lady that I can't do this. But 
it was difficult when, the first time. And when you went back and you sat with yourself and you you thought about what you did and you thought about the actual job and maybe you talked to some other girls, uh, what was it inside of you that said, you know what, I'm going to continue doing this, I'm going to make my money and um, provide for my family or what was it that made you continue? Uh, to be honest, the money in this industry is very tempting. The money is okay. really good. Like there's no way where you can find a job and make that money, that kind of money per hour. The money is actually tempting. So that's what made me stay. I'm like, I'm going to do this. So just to give an idea, when you massage one client, you know, what is the average amount of money you will make? Okay, so it depends um, if the massage is going to be just sensual, it's a bit cheaper. If it's going to be body to body, the money goes up. Like the more you have to undress for the person, then the more money you get. But normally you get 40% of what they charge and then the owner of the place, they take like 60%. So if the treatment is like a thousand, so you get 400, something like that. Oh, I see. Yeah. How many on in peak season, how many people can you massage in a week? Oh, like around December time when there's a lot of tourists around and you know the time like in summer. Per day you can actually do an average of, of four in a day. You do a four. So four times you five about twenty five. A, yes. you, you can do about twenty a week. Yes, you can do twenty a week. Six days a week, six times four is 24, 24 times 400. So you can make about 10,000 a week? Wow. Yes, you could make that much. I see, I see. So that's very tempting. If you can make 35, 40,000 a month just giving a massage, I can see how that can be really, really tempting. Yes, that's where the tempting part is. So you can tell yourself, I don't want to do this. But when you think about the money, then you just go back. And still do the the same thing. So tell us about the actual massage. Take us through for someone who doesn't know what essential massage is. Maybe that's someone listening. They have no idea. Uh, take us through. If it is it sixty minutes? Is it ninety minutes? How long is the massage? Okay, uh, the massage is is just an hour. It's just an hour. So depending on the client, some people yes they want a proper massage like a Swedish or deep tissue, maybe the first 30 minutes. Okay. And then the massage will just become softer, softer. Usually you just use your fingertips. That's basically mm. an essential massage. Lots of oil, soft music in the background, candles, more like a romantic thing. But usually you start with a normal, proper massage, and then you change, start becoming softer and softer. Basically that's what it is. And to be clear, at the very end, the 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 customer is expecting a happy ending. Um, yes, they will expect a happy ending. But depending on the place that you'll be working in, like where I was working, um, happy ending. There was no sex involved, so the happy ending will be maybe just a hand job. There was no blow oh, okay. job, no sex involved, so it will be a hand job. But it varies from place to place. Like way awake, it was just a hand job. That was the happy ending. And so are you saying that some of the places there's full sex, there's oral sex, d- depends on the place? 
before I've heard some places they go all the way. Okay. But I haven't worked in one of those places. But from hearing from other people, I heard there is places that do that. But I don't think it will be essential massage then. That will be, I don't know, a brothel like. I see. Okay. Let's shift and talk a little bit about the type of people that come in. From your experience, what type of people is a young, old, all types? Try to describe a little bit of the type of people that come there. Mostly it was old people. It was rare to find. It was rare to find um, young people coming. Most of the people were like 40 and above. But here and there, 40 and above. Young, but mostly they wouldn't. Uh, but the regulars they were like 40 and above, mostly. Are they professionals? What what do they talk about? What is the conversation like? Just actually, it was professional because that massage is very expensive. So you can't just get someone who will pay a thousand rand for an hour. It was actually mostly business people, professionals. Yeah, it was rare for someone who was not like, it was mostly professionals, yes. Over 40, well-established in life. And we'll be talking general stories. Mostly they want to know about you. What do you do? I mean, like, where are you from? What's your plan in life? You'll be having, like, normal conversations. Normal conversations. Yes, normal. And, and most of them, maybe they are stressed at home. They just want to de-stress and just want you to talk dirty and just make them happy. So they they ask you specifically to talk dirty or you can just, are you able to pick that up from from the vibe? Yeah, you have to pick up the vibe because someone, some other people, they just want to be quiet. You just do the massage quietly, but some of them, they would actually ask you, can you please say something nice, say this, say what? So you just play along. And and what are some of the things that you found that works with most guys? If you say this or you do this, it typically turns them on. Um, <laughs> like I said, everyone is different. So what works for the other person might not work for the other person, but usually they will tell you what to say. And so there's nothing that you found that can work with most people or a particular technique or a particular phrase or treating a guy or the customer a particular way that you found is common that most people like this thing. No, I can't really see. What is something that surprised you that some guys like that you did not realize before you got into the industry? Actually, like there was a lot of things that surprised me. <laughs> I wouldn't know which one exactly what to say, but there was a lot of things that surprised me. Like other guys, they want to be touched like, what can I say? Like they want you to play with their nipples, which I thought only ladies like that. But in this industry, okay. I realized that. Guys actually enjoy that. What else? Give me like two or three things that you that you've discovered that guys like that you did not know before. That's a difficult question, but I sh there's a lot of things really that surprise me. I, I wouldn't know <laughs> what to say, but that one, like the one I mentioned specifically, it surprised me that actually a guy would enjoy someone uh, playing with their nipples, kissing their neck, you know. Stuff like that. Do you feel the energy shift like from before versus after the release has happened? Do you feel like the person becomes a different person? Yeah. You mean like me as a client? 
Yeah, well, the client. Like before the actual treatment versus how they act after the treatment? Yeah, it was different. It was different. So you would actually know if I did it, I gave him a great massage or not. You would see the way they'll be like afterwards. If you did well or you didn't satisfy them and you obviously know if they don't come back to you again, they change the therapist, then you know, no, I did something wrong. They didn't like me. We didn't click or we didn't connect, something like that. But if they like you, they'll keep on coming back for you. Then you would know, yeah. okay, you click. And I'm giving him a good massage. Do you ever find yourself becoming really attracted to your any of your clients? And if, if you do, how do you how do you manage that? Mm, it has never happened to me, but like, they became more to me like a friend. Like I would actually text them and ask, when are you coming again? Or blah, blah, blah. But I never like was attracted in that kind of way. But just feeling like uh, this person is like a friend to me. I see. The regular okay. Because I have their numbers and I would ask, ask them, when are you coming? Or, but not attracted in that way. Do you feel like your clients are predictable or unpredictable? Unpredictable, because you would meet different kinds of people with different characters. So if it was a new client, just go in the room, not knowing what to expect. It's hard to predict. It's hard. It's hard. You can never judge a person like if you see them like at the reception area and then now, now it's just the two of you inside a room. It's totally different. Did you ever feel that race played a part? Where if you have a white client versus a black client versus a mixed client, that they would respond to you differently? Most of my clients, they were white guys. And I was the only black lady at that particular bar. I was the only black lady there. And I never had problems, you know, because it was a fair game. A client walks in, you just go and do an introduction of yourself. And then he tells the receptionist, I want this lady. So I never felt like my my the other therapists, the white ones and the colored ones, were making more than me. I think it was fair. I never encountered any kind of so no racism. Okay. And did yeah. you ever feel unsafe? Yeah, sometimes I would feel unsafe, but my boss would tell me if you if if the client is doing something that you don't like, you have the right to tell them I'm canceling the treatment and you walk out. Did you ever have to cancel the treatment? Yes. I had to cancel the treatment the other time when I felt unsafe with a guy because he was trying to make me do things that I didn't like. So I had to dress up and walk out of the room. And then I told my boss, I can't do this because this guy busy touching me and I don't like it. Do you ever have female clients come in? Um, I think I only had two female clients the whole time I was working at that place. I only had two and they were lesbian. So they were lesbian. Female, oh wow! A normal female? No, 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 no. I never. Okay. What would you say to a young woman who asks you, "Should she get into this industry? She needs the money." What would you say to her? I'll say to her, if you want to get in this industry, just get in and do it for a short time. Don't like make it like um, a career because it will actually it's not. It's not like what can I say? Mentally traumatizing because of the other people that you have to deal with, especially some guys who are nasty. And like the other one that I'm telling you is busy touching me. So if you are young, 
I think you can just do that and then get money, go to school and do something else in life because I don't think this can be a career for someone to damage you emotionally. How do you keep your mental health? Like, what do you do to keep yourself mentally boosted, to keep yourself balanced? Well, um, most of the girls, they, they actually smoke weed. They're into drugs. They are alcoholic. Most of them, it's rare to find one who's just a normal person, like normal, normal. Most of them are busy abusing substances just to keep themselves sane. When you say most of the things are just too much, what is it tangibly? Is it the guys, how they speak to you, how they touch you? Is it how they, their energy? What, what are the things that you feel like are the things that are damaging a lot of the girls in the industry? Like, I'm telling you like that, those kind of guys who like you to talk dirty. Maybe you're just not in the mood to be talking all that kind of stuff, but because it's your job and you want to make them happy, you want them to come back to you again, you end up have to do things like that. Like, it's not every day where you're in a good mood. Sometimes you're just not in the mood for that kind of stuff, you know. Do you feel like it's on those days when you're not in the mood where things become really challenging at where it really messes with your mindset? Yes, it's on days like that. Yeah, and I'm dressing, dressing up, I'm dressing up the whole day. Sometimes, it's, <laughs> I don't know, you should know what I mean. It's a class, no, I a get it, yeah. Which means you have to undress five times and dress up again, you know. Uh-uh. It's just not on. It's not. If you look back at the princess who went into this industry, who left the hospitality space and went into this industry, Versus the person you are now, what do you think has changed about you? A lot has changed, actually. It has taught me a lot about life. Like some things might be easy. Yeah. Like some things might you might. Uh, what can I say? Some things uh, might seem easy, but it's not really easy. Like I'm saying, like you'll be enjoying the money, but then you're not happy. You're not at peace with yourself because you know how you're getting the money. So I've learned a lot. Yeah. Like. Like I said earlier, like when you said I must give advice to a younger lady, just go and do it maybe for a year, get money and get out of that industry and do something else. So it taught me, yes, you might have the money to buy all the flashy things that you like, but inside you're not a happy person. What, what have you learned about men and human beings? If you have to give me a couple of things that you've learned about men, what would you say you've learned? my god okay what can i say about men men they just want uh what can i say wait just give me a few um, a moment let me try to rephrase it they are not so difficult you know men um whatever they see like what oh my god now i'm lost i don't know the right way to use you are you saying that as long as they're turned on they're fine if, yes, they, if they see you and they're turned on, yeah? Yes, they see you, yeah, they see you, they like you. That's why you have to do an intro, because once they see you, they know they like you, so they are attracted in a way, because you'll be like five therapists, and then they choose you out of the five, which means already in their minds they like you, so the treatment will be just easy, because already it's whatever is going on in their head, like, okay, this one, maybe they've already undressed you with their eyes before you even do the undressing part in the room. 
So I think there yeah. is a being, as long as you make them come, after they come, that's all. They're happy. Life goes on. When it comes to how you see life differently before, before you start in this industry to now, is there one thing you can say that has changed how you see life in general? Everything. I see life differently now. I see life differently. That sometimes you do things that you don't want to do because of poverty, because of your situation, because of whatever. So I see life differently yeah. now and I not to judge people. Don't judge someone when you see them doing it because you don't know their reason for doing whatever they're doing. Based on your vision for your life, obviously one day you'll be doing something completely different. How much longer do you think you'll be doing this um, to take care of your family? I'm actually tired of it. That's why I'm busy trying. I'm, I'm studying, actually, because I want to get out of this industry. I really what are you studying? I'm studying psychology. You're studying psychology. Awesome. You are now interested in your own brain and the brain of other people. And has that been inspired by your journey to try to understand the mind more? Yes, that was what inspired me. Because of what I've been through, what I've seen and from mingling with these girls, they are different characters and whatever. It just made me to like study something towards like, you know. How the human mind works and whatever. <laughs> so I'm not going to be uh, in this industry anymore. I'm just financing my education yes. and I'm out of it. Well, I'm really excited for your future that you've studied in psychology and hopefully you'll be able to create a career where you're able to help other people because I think somewhere between the therapist and the client, there's an opportunity for you to work an opportunity for you to create conversation, to create dialogue, to create, you know, very meaningful treatment from the mind. And going from treating the body to treating the mind could be what you're destined to do. And I really wish you the best, Princess. And I, it means a lot that you took the time to share your story. And I think that you, everything in me says that you're going to be just fine. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll be looking out for you on the psychology journals, okay? All right, no problem. <laughs> the next time you are pitching a campaign, trying to lead a complex group of people, analyzing consumer research, ask yourself, what are their true preferences? What do they really want beyond what they're saying? Across the world, sensual nude massages are classified very differently in a legal context. In South Africa, the Sexual Offenses Act of 1957 makes it a crime to have unlawful intercourse with any person for reward, but doesn't say much about the ambiguous nature of sensual and erotic massages. According to research, these sensual massage parlors that Princess works in are booming across the world. In Thailand, they're on every corner, and many estimates suggest that the rate of growth across the world is explosive. People of influence and affluence have been getting sensual treatment as far back as during the Egyptian and Roman empires. It's nothing new. Human rights organizations are fighting to have sex work on all levels fully legalized in most parts of the world, including South Africa. They want to protect the women who have dreams deferred and clients who have suppressed unrevealed preferences. Thanks so much for listening. Please do rate this episode and share with someone you care about. Until next time, cliffcentral.com.